So when I was a kid, uh, my teacher, Miss Chavez, your mom, I don't know if you yes. know that. <laughs> yeah, she was my teacher. It's That's awesome. how we know each other. Um, <laughs> um, she had us write to pen pals in New York right after 9-11. And um, I personally, I ended up talking to my pen pal for the better part of the year about all kinds of different things, stuff that was going on at my school about my issues and, you know, shit I couldn't tell my close friends because it had to do with them and girls I liked, you know, things like that. Yeah. And he would tell me, you know, the same stuff, right? Do you have yeah. anything like that? Was he like a, a 45-year-old autistic <laughs> Jewish man? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. No, uh, he was uh, just a kid, just a kid, uh, our same age and everything. Um Oh, that, the reason uh, I ask is because that is alluding to today's movie, of course, which yes. we are uh, breaking down uh, Ma- Mary and Max. It's a, a claymation animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I don't think I uh, ever. Yeah, I, I, I did have a pen pal deal, but I honestly can't remember anything remarkable about it. And I definitely didn't talk to him at length. But I think that is kind of <laughs> remarkable that you were. You know, dealing with talking with somebody that experienced, you know, nine eleven close yeah. within the same city. At least they, they were close enough to, you know, have the soot fall on their windows. So that's probably a a, yeah. a pretty memorable experience, I think. And also very similar to again the movie today because the the main character was in New York as well, right? Yep, the main character Max. Yeah, is, well, uh, based out of New York. So, um, would you like to read the uh, synopsis? Let's say hi first. Hey guys, oh, what's shit. going on? And welcome to this episode of Uncovered Cinema. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. And uh, I'm actually vacationing in Vegas right now, so we're doing this remotely. But it's pretty fun nice. to know to know I have the confidence to be able to record like super high quality audio. Uh, what I'm not in front of my studio at home, you know, we have we've invested in a lot of things to to make a professional production that we that we that we put on every week and in, in our lives, you know, that's what we do for careers. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really feeling confident at the moment that I'm able to to do this outside of the 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 uh, house. And so yeah, yeah I might might spread my wings a little bit more and start traveling now that I feel like we can we can do it. But yeah, it's cool. The future is exactly. <laughs> so today, guys, we have a wonderful film for you called Mary and Max. This one was a surprise for me because when when we agreed to do this last week, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do, you know, I secretly have a love for claymation and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they're awesome Awesome movies, especially because of all the work that goes into making claymation, and you're literally doing one sixtieth of a second, or maybe one twenty fourth of a second, and, yeah, and and that's at a time. You're filming this movie one frame at a time, and and pe- the, so much work goes into the into the making the sets that are that are made out of clay, and especially this movie. There's so so much complexities and so in, in the clays and everything that was going. But I didn't expect I would learn something, and I definitely didn't expect I would be sobbing like a baby at the end of the movie either. And still, like <laughs> I'm still like getting choked up even thinking about the end of the movie. So I'm gonna yeah. hold up, and obviously, and, and we we've seen this one already, so uh, yeah. I've spoiled yeah. the beans on that one. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's okay. You're traveling. We won't I mean, talk about it though. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, we won't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, traveling. What do you expect? But no, yeah. So. The synopsis is spanning 20 years in two continents, Mary and Max recount pen pal relationship between two very different people. Mary Dinkle, a chubby, lonely eight-year-old living in the suburbs of Melbourne, Australia, and Max Horowitz, a severely obese 44-year-old Jewish man with Asperger's syndrome living in the chaos of New York City. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it 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 sounds when you hear the synopsis it sounds like oh okay that's interesting, Not interesting. yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh how would you make this into why would you make this into claymation like exactly I, just it it doesn't seem compelling and it doesn't seem like a good waste like a good spend of money and time if you ask me 
Right. And, and we seemingly have two characters that have nothing in common other than the fact that one's chubby and one's obese. And mm-hmm. uh, that maybe hits a heartstring with me as well. But uh, <laughs> we we keep moving yeah. forward. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they seemingly yeah. don't have anything in common. One's a little girl and the other is, you know, a, a Hasidic Jew in New York. So <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, it's when, interesting to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, when I, when I was doing the research on this um, film, the one thing that really um, excited me was the fact that it was written and directed by the same person. I happen to find movies that are written, directed by the same people to be more entertaining and more um, like catching, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, it was written usually and- the, it becomes a passion project for them. So it's something mm-hmm. that they've invested their, you know, more than their time and effort in. This is something, this is, you know, this is their life. Yeah, exactly. This is like, this is the past three years, four years of somebody's life, you know? So it was written and directed by Adam Elliott and was produced by Melanie Combs. Um, so, but before we get too much into the film, um, you know how we guys like to do, we want to bring you some uh, news stories in yes. the film industry right now. And holy shite, talking mushrooms, do we have some stories <laughs> from you? <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. You know the Golden Globes fiasco that we were talking about a couple episodes ago? The, like, the fact that uh, they didn't have the, too much of a, a specific race was thrown in there, and it was over. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah well, yeah. the issue is, just in case someone heard about it, is is our gripe about it was, uh, first of all, if we find that you know it, the award ceremonies are a bit arbitrary and, and, and overly political process. But uh, mm-hmm. this one, it just felt like it was like, okay, you want to see um, blacks present in the media? It's like, here, every shot we're going to have African-American presence. And it was just like, uh, it was like, you know, we want a slice of cake, but it was like they're shoving cake in her face almost. And, and it was almost uh, yeah. sarcastic. It, it was almost. Overt. It was like a sarcastic. Was, yeah. Yeah. Response. And it, it just felt like it was too much. Uh, because there's no way that these people hadn't been working in the industry for years, if not decades to create the, the careers that they've had for themselves. It's just, we've never seen it, uh, presented in, 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 in the Oscars until this year with, with, uh, black lives matter happening. Yeah. And then it was overly represented, but yeah. it was overly represented because, um, of like he was saying, there was a whole, um, hashtag going on is Oscars are white or some crap like that. And it, it's true in the past, there hasn't been a lot of representation of minorities in film getting the awards that they are due, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, but because of this shit is just gone, just spun out of control, dude. So um, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they're the ones that host the Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Golden Globes, right? Well, the Golden Globes are straight canceled going forward, like period. Really? Uh, yeah, NBC that hosts them, uh-huh. like legitimately canceled 2022. And they said, if you can fix your stuff with by 2023 airing time, we will air it. But we are not airing 2022. You need to fix the racial injustice within the system because their members are all old white people. Yeah. They're like, you need to fix your membership. You need to fix um, your voting standards. You need to fix the politicalness inside of it. You just need to fix yourself. <laughs> It's, it's, it's nuts, dude. They're basically saying, go check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah. But because of that, um, HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they claim they're committed to meaningful reform. So they're implementing a 18-month roadmap to diversify their membership and hopefully um, get ready for a comeback in 2023. That's awesome. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that is like asking for too much, but I feel like, like this, it's great that they're doing that, but they shouldn't, Yeah, it should have already been done. You know, uh, we're in 2021. So this shouldn't be at the point where they have to have a roadmap to diversity. We should already be there. You know, it's, yeah, a, it's a shame that as a society, we're already there, but, uh, the medias and, and the award ceremonies are not falling in, in suit. Yeah. And this is just like what I was talking about last time. They have political um, stuff that's going on where they have the members vote, right? For who gets to win what, obviously. That's how it goes. But how the hell are you supposed to vote for, um, 
you want it to be equal across the board racial wise when all you have is white members exactly <laughs> you know yeah, only white people like, are voting <laughs> yeah they're de- making it so hard for minorities to get in because you have to have members who are already members to vouch for people to get in so they're making it so hard for minorities to get in they're making it so hard for people who deserve to be members to get in without fixing that baseline issue they're never going to be able to fix the um, voting issues and they're never going to be able to get rid of the politicalness that came out of nowhere and should have no business being there right oh i guess i guess there is a silver lining to this though what's that Uh, tom cruise you know our favorite mr political correct guy himself you know the little <laughs> asshole um well he's, he's in a scientology up... bubble so he's oh yeah his his scientology like oh oh i need to pay more money so i can g- get rid of these spirits in my body oh <laughs> hey but i'm gonna give Jesus it to him he's a, he's a great actor though and even for his age oh. he's still doing his own stunts and he's still make cash in those mission impossible checks so he's Absolutely. still doing them hey. and he's like he even flies his own helicopters he learned how to fly the helicopter for the movie so i'll give it yeah. to him for that he's a great great actor but what, what's going on yeah with him? you yeah you can't get past his acting chops i mean he's really really talented actor yeah really talented actor it's his craziness on the outside exactly it's personal life that gets me but anyways um He's the same guy, if you guys don't remember, who cussed out and verbally abused some of the crew on the latest Mission Impossible for not having masks or being too close to each other or something. Hey, anyway, we, this guy, we talked about that. That was justified. I think I think it was okay for him to be uh, it, doing that it, it, because it, he was trying to make sure yeah. everyone's safe, you know? And, and it just takes, like we just said before, one slip up in, in the production industry, everybody gets it, and the whole thing's shut down. Mm, that's very true. That's I mean, maybe true. don't yell okay. at him, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, well, it was still fairly. I think justified. the way that he approached it was bad, but like you said, I didn't think about the other part. Them set um, days are anyways, long, man. <laughs> he could be pretty grumpy yeah. after a fourteen-hour day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, but anyways, he's giving up his three Golden Globes that he's won in the past because Whoa. of this. Really? Yeah. That's a uh huh. That's a saying a lot that's that's a that's, big that's statement a, that's big yeah <laughs> that's wow. big dude it's um not silver i said that was a silver lining i'm sorry um it's just i don't i don't know what it's going to solve but at the same time i completely understand yeah what do you think he's just like gonna roll up to the building and like throw him at the window <laughs> just say take him yeah. back i don't want him that's interesting. I mean, yeah. it's not like can he even do that? I mean, like, what's the process? How do you even do? You, do you mail it back? Or I've got to imagine those right? are pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, you take it down. You're like, so uh, I uh, I don't want these anymore. I mean, sir, it's not really up to you. We kind of yeah. gave them to you. Yeah. No backsies. No take backsies. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, and we have one more piece of news before we get on to the film. Um, Are you a fan of Ellen, by chance? Yeah, of course. Oh, gotta love Ellen, right? Ellen DeGeneres. Well, sad to say 2022 is going to be the last year of her talk show. Oh, wow. So she's throwing in the towel, huh? She's a talk show queen right now. I mean, she's... she's She's the talk show queen and she's thrown in the towel because she's lost 1 million views over the past year because of some stuff that came out. Which is the, the way that she, she handles the crew on set, right? It's, it's, yeah, there was this whole thing that came out recently about how she treats the crew and she's demeaning. It wasn't her. Wasn't her. No, really? Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't her. It wasn't her. Um, it come out as, um, turns out it was producers, high end Ah. producers doing it. After an internal investigation by Warner Brothers, they released mm-hmm. three of the um, top end producers. Interesting. Ellen, okay, I thought it was her because I know she made the public apology, but she was apologizing for her staff, which me mm-hmm. just in my mind just makes her way more noble and like way more awesome yeah. in my mind. Yeah, at least that's the that's the way I read it and understand it from the couple different um, news sources that I read it from the Hollywood Reporter and a couple others. Yeah is that she 
um, apologize because she didn't know that this was happening. She didn't know that this stuff was going on. Um, and she apologized, but even, even with that public apology and her seriousness, it's just not, she wasn't able to recover. And honestly, I, I don't know if her heart's in it anymore. I don't know if my heart would be yeah. in it, coming to find out that the people who are supposed to be running the show, the people that I'm supposed to trust are just, you know, sexually harassing my crew and verbally abusing them. Like, come on. Yeah, it is. It is a hard recovery, and and that's a, a huge amount of uh, viewers that have left because of it. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand, and it's it's been a little bit tougher. I could imagine for all the comedians, uh, well, especially the comedians during COVID, because they are now having to do sets in their living room with no but no one laughing, so they have no gauge of you know how their performance is going, and and, and so yeah. that's kind of made the talk shows. Uh, a little awkward when you're watching them and they're they're you know th- especially Conan when he throws out jokes and it's like you're just sitting there smiling while normally people would be laughing in the studio audience but it's <laughs> yeah. just it's just awkward silence and I can imagine it's, it's really yeah, it's a God, bad time right rough. now to become a comedian. Yeah, well, uh, it's not going to be a bad time soon, um, because uh, you know they uh, are stating if you get uh, vaccinated soon, you're not going to have to worry about restrictions going out in public. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that we just heard about today in uh, mm-hmm. Nevada is that if you have your full vaccinations, then you don't need to wear a mask when you're out in public. And I, we were wondering how that is going to be, you know, like enforced. enforced. Yeah, because like, am I going to be walking around with my with my vaccine card and showing it to everybody, every Karen that walks by? You know, this is my card. I've had all my shots. Show me your vaccine card. What yeah. are you doing with your mask up? You know my kid. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which, which, and also doesn't do anything to address the variants that we have spreading about because there's very little control over the spread of the variants that are happening, and there's uh, very little efficacy against the uh, the the shots that were given for the, for the original COVID virus because it's it's mutated to the point that it's not you have no protection with that vaccine for the variants, so. I wonder, you know, if we're going to see a resurgence of, of a variant popping back up again, again because of people walking around in public with no mask yeah, on. Yeah, not anymore. taking, not taking uh, COVID uh, securities seriously. Yeah, I, I personally enjoy wearing a mask, and I've I wanted to do it even before COVID because when the oh, flu yeah. season came around, I would get the flu so bad, and I'd be out for three weeks at a time sometimes. And, uh, and I thought it would be great, you know, to wear a mask during that time, but it wasn't socially acceptable in, in America mm-hmm. at least. So, uh, now I feel like yeah. it's more, more acceptable to do that. And I would feel, I mean, even the flu season this year is, was practically nothing because nobody was out and about. So the flu didn't even spread this year. There's hardly anyone. Yeah. Got it. And that's really cool, dude. I, I like my mask personally. I think yeah. I look really dashing. Plus it, it, the fact I don't have to show my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I, I became 25% better looking when I put my mask on <laughs> because oh, yeah. I, now I could just oh, flirt yeah. with my eyes, you know, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have to <laughs> show to anything else. Messed up, yeah, nobody my, has to see my messed up teeth. <laughs> yeah. My, or my big Italian nose. So, jeez. <laughs> oh, so I looked up the official uh, reason Ellen is ending her show and she said she wanted to end the show based off the fact that the show no longer, and I'm quoting her, challenged her. So she wanted to move on to something else, something better. I get it. Uh, you're doing the same thing every day, and at a certain point, it becomes mundane. Even if it's something new every day, you have new guests, new, mm-hmm. new things that you're new, you know, competitions and games that you're doing. But it's still the same thing. You're still showing up to the nine to five type deal. And uh, a lot of actors don't really like the nine to five deal. That's the reason they became an actor. Yeah, dude, and. Honestly, I would rather an actor end the show and move on to something they want to do and try to explore avenues they haven't explored within themselves and their career than stay on a show just for the paycheck and just for the, you know, security because they're not going to enjoy it. We're going to see that on our end. We're going to not enjoy it. And the show's just going to go downhill. Yeah. You know, when the actors are ready to move on, move on. (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, let us know what you guys think. You can uh, hit us up at Uncovered Cinema or r mm-hmm. forward slash Uncovered Cinema. So on today right. we're moving on to Mary and Max. It's a animated uh, claymation animation, claymation movie. 
And uh, it's right now on Amazon Prime, so you could check it out. Uh, I think I rented it for like two dollars, so it's pretty pretty good price yeah. right now. And uh, yeah, this like this one's gonna tear at your heartstrings. You, you think it's just a nice little animation? That's at least that's how I started, and then towards the end, it got me. I learned yeah. to love at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're still going to do our break. And when we come back, we're going to do our first impressions of the film. Then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the film with the deep dive. And then, uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll be yeah, right back. Sounds guys. Good. We'll see you guys in a minute. guys welcome back to uncovered cinema today we're talking mary and max the claymation animation and just watched it i actually did uh watch it today as, as you know i'm in traveling right now and i was able to watch it this morning before the show mm-hmm. and uh, i which is kind of cool uh it, it seems to be on topic in my life right now because this this movie seems to deal with a lot of uh highlighting disabilities that that happened. There's a lot of various disabilities that are expressed in the movie. One of the main ones, though, is, is that uh, Max has uh, Asperger's, which is you know a form of autism. And mm-hmm. that was actually my assignment this week. Uh, one of the reasons I was traveling is I was recording. Uh, we were filming on a on a soundstage with a uh, production to bring awareness to um, autism. And I got to work with a uh, autistic actor who is uh, related to uh, like very like a, an 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 a uh, an a type celebrity, and uh, oh, so it was really cool that I, that I got to do that. And this guy was my gosh, he he's he has autism, um, but he was such a professional actor. I mean, he was able to to replicate and, and hit his marks. And, and a lot of people don't understand that's one of the hardest things about being an actor is that you have to memorize your script and and go in there and, and recite it. And the director may say, Hey, that's great. Can you switch it and do something a little bit different there? And you got to be able to, you know, have the, the range to express those different emotions and, and tr- do yeah. the same thing in different ways. And you also have to be able to do it over and over again without messing it up because that's often how we, splice together different angles is by is by doing it through repetition so um this guy had a had a bit that he did and it was a, it was a comedy bit and he was able to hit every mark on cue and and drink the water on the same note and and not you know miss a beat and set the glass in the <laughs> same area so that you know the certain you know the the logo on the mug was facing out in a certain way uh just great just, just a real That's real awesome. professional and and uh, I, I just thought it was great that that this is is kind of the theme that's going on in my life this week is that it's it's right online with with highlighting and, and bringing uh, to light these these kind of disabilities that these characters have, which is not is not a disability. Even Max said in the in the movie he didn't like that people called it a disability because that's just his yeah. life, you know. But um, yeah, he, yeah, he gets he gets angry <laughs> when people call it a disability because he doesn't feel that he's disabled, and you know. Yeah, he shouldn't. Yeah, dude, I, I this it's it's a little close to home because I in some sense I feel like I myself have a little bit of autism. I mean, it is a spectrum after it all, so you know it, it does go <laughs> as a gradient from you know zero to a hundred. So everybody yeah. on some point is on somewhere on the spectrum, even if it's a zero because mm-hmm. that, that's how it works. But I, I, I myself <laughs> think I'm a little bit like that and and and, and autistic in some ways and the, the aspect that I have that that hyper focus. Um, and can be be focused and are really stuck on something yeah. um, for several days at a time. Like like right now, I'm doing day trading, learning how to do that, and I've been I'm I'm the point where it's like uh you know three days later I haven't showered my I, my hair's all grown out on my face because <laughs> that's all I'm doing is, is is just reading stocks and trying to learn how to do things like that. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of a lot of this characters. Uh, things that happened to him, like you know, the anxiety attacks and 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 uh, the the freakouts and stuff that he has are, are things that I sh- I share in common. But also, you know, maybe yeah. it could be just PTSD as well, because I I do have also uh, PTSD, so that could explain a lot of the anxiety. 
Yeah, it, it's a mix of it. It definitely, definitely PTSD has a lot to help in that. Um, yeah. My brother, or not my brother, my brother's um, kid, actually, so my nephew is autistic, like mm. really high on the spectrum. And my um, niece and my nephew are really low on the spectrum. But yeah, it's just so, it it they portrayed his character so well and yeah. with such love for um individuals on the spectrum individuals with asperger's specifically that it was just heartwarming to watch you know absolutely so it was just beautiful oh my god beautiful yeah Yeah. so let's go over some of the disabilities that they did bring and and highlight in this movie because Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the uh, it wasn't just Asperger's. Asperger's. No. And and that I think that is kind of the theme of this movie is that is was highlighting these kind of disabilities. And and of course, mm-hmm. this culmination to the end, like um Mary, she doesn't really have I mean, she does she does follow some things of of being autistic, but I don't think that mm-hmm. she had autis- autism. It just seemed to be no. more of you know the uh, social uh problems social that she didn't yeah. Depression. Yeah, and and so my kind of feeling with this movie was that it's she didn't notice anything wrong with the people that did have disabilities and she just loved them and treated them the same. Um, but the part that kind of got me is is the end is that when she needed help, uh, she was suffering from depression. All the people in her life that she treated with that same care and, and love of not, you know, not not even seeing their disabilities, they came in and took care of her. And got her back mm-hmm. to where she needed to be. So we had, you know, the neighbor that had agoraphobia, the uh, the mm-hmm. uh, her partner yeah, that she ended up marrying had a stutter, uh, Popodopoulos or something was his name. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. dealing with, uh, you know, obes- obesity with them, uh, the social awkwardness. We have blindness. Um, and Jeez. I think that was about it. That, I think that's all the ones I caught. You know, yeah, his, his yeah. Max's friend had, well, she was blind. He said that. You know, it would be oh, great if her right. if her walking stick had a, a poke on it because then then she would uh, you know be could pick up trash while she's walking down the street. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, of oh, course. And yeah, don't her forget mom. about klepto, uh, yeah, kleptomaniac like, mother. That's that's so great that they that they portrayed that through you know a child's perspective because that that's mm-hmm. honestly yeah it's 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 great that you know she's just trying to save on plastic bags so she shoves the the things up her skirts so that she doesn't have to worry about shopping bags. <laughs> Jeez. And they portrayed kleptomania so well. I mean, she was stealing random s- stupid stuff that she didn't need. Staples. Yeah. Freaking um, mothballs. I'm pretty sure I have an aunt in my family. Oh, it's aunt, huh? I'm pretty sure I have an aunt in my family that is... Very similar to her mom and the and the fact that she steals things and likes to cook with sherry, you know. <laughs> so, don't we yeah. don't we all Quote have unquote, somebody cook. like that in our family? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. It's uh, <laughs> when cooking sherry's used for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so it see their whole relationship, I think, was was like predicated over chocolate, though. So that that's that's one thing mm-hmm. I loved about the movies. They're always sending each other. Chocolates, like, like honestly, yeah, if if I had uh uh what do you call it? What do you call a uh, pen pal? And they sent me chocolates, mm-hmm. and like it would give me incentive to keep writing them back. So maybe that's why my experiences of having a pen pal are not as as predominant as yours. <laughs> oh, I know, right? No, we never we never sent each other you know anything but letters. That would have been cool though. You know, chocolates yeah, chocolates, nice. like <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, I'll eat those chocolates all day. And his, his, uh, what he said, his invention of uh, hot, chocolate hot dogs, that was so great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll send you the recipe if you Yeah, like. I'll send you the recipe. <laughs> uh, okay, let me use that. Oh, man. Dude, I, I just loved the fact that they used um, the letters. I don't know if this was, this was a real, the true story, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that was what yeah, made this, is, this so amazing is the very beginning that it says that this was a true story. Yeah, this is a true story. So I love the fact that they used his real letters in the film, you know? Honestly, I hope one day when they make a movie out of us, they do it in claymation because that is, just made everything oh, yeah. so much more better that it was a true story and it was in claymation. So the... yeah. 
I I noticed like right away that everything was kind of done in this like muted. There was muted colors, right? And so mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it like black and white. It was more of like a sepia of you know there was a little bit of goldenrod yeah. to it. But uh, the it only was one one side was sepia. Um, the side that was um, in Australia on Mary's side that yeah, was more then, sepia. And then his in New York, they kind of portrayed it as more of a black and white. So it's like. I don't know. Maybe the reason I'm thinking they, that we had this kind of palette was um, that they're without each other. Maybe their their worlds were in black and white. It was just very mundane, and and there wasn't anything standing out. You know, and the only thing that kind of stood out yeah. in their relationship was each other. Because once now this in this part, I'm still trying to figure out because the only pops of color that we did have were red, and. Mm-hmm. So at first I'm thinking that the red was uh okay so when we see the red at first it ha- it's her barrette her hair her hair barrette right and uh, yeah. she, so she has this mood ring and anytime you know like she's sad or anything the mood ring is is muted colors just like the rest of the movie is but the only time that she's happy the uh, mood ring matches her barrette. It's both red. The, 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 it changes color to a red and it matches her barrette. And then we continue on and see other things that are very vivid red that stand out in the movie, like uh, lipstick. Yeah. Um, there's a suitcase. There's this pom-pom that Max wears. And now, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out, at first, I feel Mary, like... when she was all super ecstatically happy. And oh, yeah. Uh, after the Papadopoulos kid, the, the flowers, too. There was, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of red, and and at first I thought it had to do with things that were about self body image issues, you know, like the lipstick. Um, you know, she's scared, so she hides in this. She's scared of like social interactions, so she hides in the suitcase, and that's her kind yeah. of like safe space. So, but now I'm I'm thinking that it had more to do with like their things that they had in common with each other. There's more about like highlighting the commonalities of these two uncommon friendships that that had bonded them over throughout this movie um because yeah. they, there's things that he shares that are red of hers as well so yeah. i don't know I, i'm going to think about that i one. think the red i think the red indicates um just their happiness because it only shows up when they're happy it doesn't show up when they're sad or they're depressed or when they're fighting or anything like that yeah it only shows up when they're happy, right? When she was getting married, when she was full of herself because she got rid of her uh, scar. Um, yeah, she got those bright red high heels. <laughs> mm-hmm. When he was getting kissed all up on that girl by uh, um, at the Overeaters Anonymous, you know, the girl that has the uh, that's whatever right. the the uh, like she has to. She's a nim- where she has to have sex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then um, so yeah, you're right. Maybe that did make him happy, but that was where he said he was confuzzled, right? <laughs> yeah, that was where he was confuzzled and explained yeah. <laughs> confuzzled, which is my favorite new word. Yeah, confuzzled. Absolutely. It means confused and puzzled at the same time. You are welcome. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. That uh, <laughs> that add in there for the writers. For me, I love. I just love their names, like Mary Daisy Dinkle and Max Jerry Horowitz. <laughs> like that was enough mm-hmm. for me. I'm like, I'm happy. That that's great. Mary Daisy Dinkle. That's so great. Mary Daisy Dinkle. It's. Fun. I just loved that she just got just you know she picked his name out of the phone book and was like, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then just started writing. Like it was totally just by chance that they that they meet each other, and it's like. I don't know. It, it, relationships are kind of like that in a way. Is like we mm-hmm. need them, but also they cause us a lot of anxiety and stress. You know, there was a point where <laughs> he would read a letter and he would just have a total freak out. And that's kind of where I identify with him is he just basically yeah. sit in a quarter and just move his head back and forth and, and like have an anxiety attack. And uh, yeah, it, and it was, it was himself <laughs> and be in the fetal position. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's funny, though, because it's like, yeah, we, we, we also need to you know, we need these relationships because that was the only thing that kept him going, but they, they're also scary at times to build. And, uh, in, yeah. in at one point and even put them into like a mental, mental institution, um, For eight be, months. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of crazy. And he thought about never writing her again, but like, you know, it, it was, um, you know, he's obviously glad he did because they, they continued to, to grow that relationship. And it mm-hmm. was beneficial for both of them because, you know, she ultimately ended up writing her, her thesis on, 
on him and trying to find a cure for him. Yeah, I wrote a book too. Yeah, which I'm assuming was was part of the true, which is part of that true story. So that's something I'm yeah. going to look into. Yeah, and it showed her destroying the book. So I wonder what that means, like what that represents. If she like actually did destroy a shipment of her books or did she just get rid of that one totally? I, I don't know. But it did, it did show her destroying her books in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So she did... She did, uh, like, seemingly get rid of everything, and yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, that just goes to show how strong their relationship was. If he didn't approve of it, she was just like, "It's fine. I'll, you know, we'll just like, move done. on." Don't yeah, me. like I, I, I love you so much that we'll just keep moving. You know, it's like, which mm-hmm. obviously, if she did, you know, her research and studied on that, she knows a lot. She's probably an expert in the field on it. So, um, that yeah. was saying a lot to be able to turn away everything she's she's worked hard for. Yeah, and after, because the way that he told her that he was not happy with her is he just ripped off the M oh, key yeah. out of his typewriter, and he sent that to her, because her name is Mary. So he ripped yeah. out the M key, sent that to her, basically like, I'm not going to write you anymore. Like, What done. a strong message, yeah. And then oh, for the dude, rest of his life, oh. he just typed it without M's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He never did replace his uh, fix or replace his typewriter, by the way, so... Every no, single thing he wrote going forward did not have an M. Yeah, even if he yeah. pressed M, <laughs> it was great. But that was a, that was a really strong God message to her. Like, dude, like just the M in the mail, man. Wow, we're done. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're done. It was so strong. It was it was very powerful, and that is what made her get into her depression. That's what made her like sp- her life basically spiral out of control. Right. That and the fact yeah. that her husband was gay. <laughs> did well, you see that that he went yeah, off with, that, with that, another man <laughs> <laughs> yeah he left her for another man and he alluded in the letter that the only reason he did is because simply you know, she's so depressed well he's just said i love I, I love this guy more and it's just like how could you fault someone for that it's just like yeah we love who we love it's such a simple mm-hmm. yet complex emotion that we have and, and how could Absolutely. you argue with that it's just you know i love you but i love him more you know, it's mm-hmm. like, what? How could you argue with that? There's nothing. You have nothing yeah. on that. It's, it, yeah, you can't fault somebody for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she just got really desperately depressed. Thank goodness for her uh, her neighbors, dude. Yeah. So there, there is a uh, also a strong theme along with the disabilities of uh, death in this film because we, you know, we have um, the fish that keep dying. Um, mm-hmm. His, his, I believe neighbor Ivy who died, um, the mom, dad die. Um, for some reason I have yeah. birds in here. Why do birds die? Do birds die? Um, God, there was something about birds. I can't remember. Okay. Well, I put birds in there. Uh, so, so I, <laughs> there's a lot of death. This was basically my point. Yeah. And lots uh, and lots of death. Yeah. So that's, that's a, something that we're dealing with in, in this, in this film is how they handle it and, and can, I don't know. It, it seems for Max, it seems more innocent because he's just like, well, Henry the ninth, eighth died today. So tomorrow I'm going to buy Henry the ninth. And, <laughs> and for, I, I thought it was, uh, almost like a cry for help when Mary herself became depressed and she, you know, she took all these pills and it was a really great portrayal of, uh, from, from the creators of, of how, you know, they, they, she encountered this and how she went through these problems that she was dealing with because they the walls turned black and all around her in the room are all these pictures of people she loved or had some way, yeah. you know, caused problems or, 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 um, shown love to her, you know, both actually. And yeah. And they were, they were popping out of the wall towards her. But what I thought was this cry for help was that she had made this noose that was literally knitted out of yarn that she was she was preparing to hang herself from from yarn. Yarn. Uh, and I, so I don't know if, how real you know her intentions were, but she did take a lot of pills, and she was on her last noodles. So yeah, you know, it, she, it seemingly was gonna she was gonna do it. So and then she was saved by you know the neighbor with agoraphobia. And uh, mm-hmm. in, in the box full of, uh, hang on, let me see this. Full noblets. In uh, a box yeah. full of the noblets that Max sent her, which was an awesome, you know, apology for not yeah. talking to her for so long. Yeah. Dude, 
let me talk about Max for a minute, man. He is probably the luckiest freaking dude I have ever met or ever like watched. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? For one, the he same has letter, random numbers. Yeah. He, he has a random person message him when he needs a friend. Boom. Yeah. Gets a friend. He needs money. Boom. Wins the lottery. Right. <laughs> he kills a dude and they're like, nah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> you're, don't well, worry about it. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, it didn't look like he, it was his, pr- in, you know, tension to kill it anybody. It looked like fault, just, but... <laughs> just a typical New York building where everything's just falling apart. Just, you know, the air conditioner just literally falls out the window. I think there was even a Seinfeld <laughs> episode about, you know, air conditioning's falling out the window, too. That's just yeah, New York. I can, <laughs> I, yeah, I can imagine it's common. <laughs> And then, and then, and then at the end, he attacks a homeless dude and nothing yeah. happens. Like, damn near kills this guy. Except nothing he got happens. a little bit more respect from them. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I love, I love that. His, street cred. Yeah, a little street cred. I loved his obsession about the cigarette butts, which was the reason why he choked that person out. Was, and, and, and he says yeah. in the movies, like, uh, uh, I got to pick up the cigarette butts because they're bad because if they get thrown on the ground, then they get washed out to the sea and then the fish smoke them and they become nicotine dependent. <laughs> it's so hilarious. It's like, it's like such a... The, oh, the pres- you're so close, buddy. Yeah, I think if I told my kids that, they would like think like, oh yeah, like, yeah, of course, that's that's what's going to happen. The fish are just going to smoke the cigarettes if they get washed yeah, out. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's such, it's such <laughs> a, uh, uh, you know, a... a naive interpretation of the way the world is but you know that he's like he said himself he's very literal in in that sense and he can't Mm -hmm. understand those type of things but i i know he was joking with that one but i just thought that was so hilarious that that his perspective of that you know yeah it's it's just it was so funny dude (laughs) there was there was that one and then i believe he had uh oh when when uh mary asked him um, where babies come from and his response was that he said when I was four I was told that uh, babies are laid from eggs by a rabbi and if you're not Jewish it's from a Catholic nun and if you're an atheist <laughs> it comes from a dirty lonely prostitute <laughs> just, just hilarious oh man dude and just, I, this, I love that and then they have this image of like a rabbi sitting on an egg <laughs> that's hilarious oh it's so glorious, dude. It's freaking funny. Yeah. I yeah, love no, his his simplistic views of the world. Yeah. And so I think, wasn't he voiced by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Is, is what it sounded mm-hmm. like. Which, yeah. yeah, he did a great job. Doing, I mean, maybe he is Jewish, but he did a great job, uh, you know, really emphasizing the, the Jew the <laughs> in the voice. Jewish so, accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like his... Max's past life sucked, dude. His dad running away and then his mom uh, killing himself. Like, jeez. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's just there's those rough. You know what? Maybe that explains a little bit more of the death that's in the family. You know why his views of death are so um, relaxed and nonchalant because he dealt with death at such a young age that growing up yeah. now, it's just like, oh, you know, it's just it is what it is because it's almost like a naive view of of maybe how a four year old or, or something might perceive death, um, especially mm-hmm. when it happened when his parents died. So he might have yeah. carried that with him throughout his life that it was just it is just what it is. And you just kind of move on from it. Whereas for mm-hmm. Mary, it was a little bit you know different. It, it, it was impacted her a little bit more. But. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I'm trying to understand really the the fish thing. There, you know, the fish keeps dying, and then he just isn't so nonchalant about it and replaces it. So uh, maybe if you have more of a different interpretation, you can let us know at Uncovered Cinema. I I think the fish were being used as like um, passages of time, like showing how much time was passing, huh? Over the uh, course of the movie, because. All the fish were like well taken care of, right? He he seemingly, yeah. Her. He catches the flies for them, and yeah, so they just okay. So uh, that's, that's what a good I'm point thinking. of view. I, I think they are show indicating a passage of time because this movie is supposed to take place over twenty years, right? Right, and a lot of times we don't see the passage of time because we don't see, um, the girl. The girl is the one that changes the most. The guy he really gets bigger. 
but yeah. I mean, he's already so big to start with. You don't really notice. <laughs> it's all them chocolate hot dogs. Yeah, that's true. And so as yeah. his, as he's already aged, it's his aging progress is not as vividly shown as a child growing up. And even for her in yeah. claymation, it's it was hard to to show that because when she did grow up, she didn't really you know look that different. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, me, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and put a point for Will on that one. I think that that probably is the issue there, uh, is just trying to show the passage of time because he did take care of these fish seemingly well. I mean, he would catch flies for them. That's a, that's a pretty natural diet for a fish is, you know, catching yeah. all those little flies and feeding with it. So he did give it a lot of love yeah. and care. Yeah. A little, uh, fun fact. I, uh, found out about goldfish just now. Oh. Goldfish have a lifespan averaging about 10 to 15 years with some varieties living up to 30 years when provided with proper care. Unfortunately, many goldfish do not reach their lifespan potential due to inadequate housing conditions. I don't know what those are, but you know, that's what it could have been. Maybe it was under light. You know, each one was just, well, the problem is uh, fish don't live in houses. They live in water. So if you have them (laughs) in the wrong housing conditions, then it's, it's, yeah, it's probably because it's not in a water bowl. (laughs) But uh, yeah, okay. So interesting. Sorry, a that's fishy. We thought yeah. a three bedroom. <laughs> yeah, really. For <laughs> me, that that's kind of what pulled on on my heartstrings a little bit was when I realized that uh, she was in a position where she became depressed and and needed help, and all the people that she had been, you know, filling with love and throughout their life, and 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 other people were would ignore these type of people or or what mm-hmm. have you. She would just. You know, growing up, she was bullied and she just kind of like would show love to these people unconditionally and get the neighbor's mail and help him through his disabilities. And then when I saw all these people were stepping in to help her without really knowing it, that was like the kind caught me. And then and then seemingly right after that is when, uh, you know, she was pregnant. So she had her baby. And then that's the day she goes to visit him, Max. And God, that is yeah, the day dude. he dies. That was already hard enough. Okay. They, they didn't get to actually ever meet in person. I was already yeah. like done by that point. And then yeah. when she looks up and sees all the notes that he, they'd exchange with each other and that he put them on the ceiling and he was laying back on the couch, you know, seemingly those were the things, the last things he saw before he passed away was, all that love of the relationship that they had together, all the notes and how important it was to him. Then she continues to scan around the room. He's got the pom pom that she gave him as a child that she made for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the tears, because, you know, as, as someone w- with Asperger's, he, he don't, he, he's has a hard time expressing emotions, which is another problem that I have as well. But, uh, <laughs> uh that, yeah. that, you know, she made tears for him, which was just a sweet gesture. And, that how important it was to him because he kept that in his in his on a you know shelf all these years even after they'd grown up so really really beautiful uh ending to this to this movie i just you know kind of wish they would have met each other yeah and it even though they didn't get to meet each other he still his bucket list of the three things that he wanted to complete in his life he completed and the ending really showed <laughs> us that because yeah the first thing was he wanted to um, collect all the what the nib what were they called again? No, no, uh, noblets, noblets, noblets. Yeah. What was the second? His second goal? Uh, buy a lifetime supply of chocolate, which he yes, which he ended up that's buying. What it was. And let me tell you, <laughs> that chocolate is not going to stay fresh in that storage unit. It's going to be a, a bathtub of chocolate by the time he comes back to it. But uh, yeah, yeah dude. I didn't. See I, what, what I don't know what he was one. thinking, putting it in the storage <laughs> unit, man. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but those are pretty noble, uh, you know, life goals, though. But uh, and then he, what was the mm-hmm. other one? I don't remember the last one. And then the third one was to have a real friend. Ah, yeah. So he did have, and yeah, he, he had all the money in the world, and he was like, "What mm-hmm. do I need all this money for? I've already accomplished all my life goals that the doctor told me to write down, <laughs> which is great." And he's like, "That's all he needed." Which is which is yeah, I gave, think awesome if if to live in a world yeah. where you don't feel like you need anything because I definitely don't know what that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, he gave every penny of his winnings after buying a lifetime supply of chocolate and all the nublets or niblets or whatever they're called. Yeah, nibblers. Um, he gave every single penny to his neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and she lived a like, pretty extravagant lifestyle, which I think was also, yeah. it was nice. I mean, like, 
she got to live, you know, a, a good life because of him as well. And and she mm-hmm. in return tried to give that to the, you know, cat charity, but the guy just took the money and ran off with it. So, yeah. Yeah. What a jerk, <laughs> It was still dude. good. I mean, I, the, it came out I think the best scenario that that uh, you know, him having the yeah. money would have anyways. He had everything he wanted, so it was like why else do I need the money? Yeah, and giving it to his neighbor the same lady who's been taking care of him basically his whole life or ever right? since he moved into that apartment complex. Yeah. Giving it to her and she was able to um she never moved anywhere. She did all kinds of stuff and bought all kinds of stuff and she got massages and caviar and uh what is that? Uh one of those jetpack things yeah you know <laughs> that looked fun <laughs> yeah i think that's ultimately like six... what killed her didn't it <laughs> yeah like yeah. 80 year old lady on a jetpack no that's great miss, yeah. that's not a good idea <laughs> yeah it was great though yeah it's a good good kind gesture one of the, one yeah. of the things i'm i still don't get it to this day so when i was a child and i i had a lot of uh stomach problems ultimately i found out i had like a a a parasitic infection in my stomach from eating some rotten food. Right. And, uh, yeah. it, it took, it took about two years or so for me to get through this, but I'd have a lot of stomach pains and my mom would give me like a hot water bottle to put on my stomach while I was going through this time. And my stepdad would always be like, uh, no, don't do that. Don't give him like, he's a teenager. Why would you give a teenager a, a warm water bottle, water bottle in their bed? You know, like, like it's like, it's going to be some vicious, like sexual act that I'm going to do as a teenager. And I never right. really understood that. And I still don't understand it to this day because there was a reference to it that he, that Max had this hot water bottle and it even said on it, Sarah, like it was wrapped, like it was like, like it was like a, a girl. And they, and they, they talked about this when he was saying, I never had a sexual partner in my bed with me. And then they pull the camera back and show this hot water bottle named Sarah. And I'm like, I still don't know what huh. the hell I'm supposed to do with the hot water bottle. And I'm a grown adult. I yeah. don't understand. What can you can you enlighten I'm, me on I'm, this? Is this the thing that people do? <laughs> I have no idea. I yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what was, what did you do with the hot water bottle? What am I supposed to do with it? That that you I, know I my parents got mad at me that. when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely missed that when uh, when I watched it. I I have no idea. I've never used a hot water <laughs> bottle for anything. Right. Okay. Good. So I. I <laughs> Again, to this I, to this day, I have no idea what I'm supposed to use it for, other than to put it on my tummy when it doesn't feel good. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad I'm, I'm caught up on that. Um, yeah, yeah no, 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 you're good. You're you're the normal one. <laughs> yeah, it's the older you. generation that we have to worry about. <laughs> okay, so there was something there though. It was implied. I just don't know what he's doing with it. So, mm-hmm. um, what did you think about the the scenes and and the set and and the way that they created everything? Oh, dude, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. The way that they used the clay to make everything and it, they, I, I have so no detailed, idea. right? Yeah. The dude, shackles right? on the roof, so detailed. So detailed. I have no idea how they did it. Like, it's just one of those things. I'm not, like, I know the basics of claymation and how to do stop motion um, photography and all that good stuff, but I'm not good at it to know yeah. enough, you know? So when I see masterpieces of claymation like this movie, it just, it puts you in awe like, wow, that's possible. <laughs> right? Yeah. You could tell this is like people's life trades. Like they, they made this, these sets with like love. There's so many mm-hmm. details and such complexity. And even just like at the beginning, they showed like shoes dangling over an electrical line. And I'm like, wow, it just looks so real. Like it, it, it's, it's like, there's so much detail to to create mm-hmm. these scenes, and it was just amazing all all the sets they did. And uh, you know, last week we talked about the use of like uh, the golden hours, right? So there's you know the morning, yeah. the golden in the morning magic hour, and then at nighttime there's uh, a golden hour. So we there was a good shot of this uh, being portrayed throughout the the movie when she goes to pick up her mail from Max and there's an eagle eye uh, shot above of her with the house in front of her house standing by the mailbox mm-hmm. and the shadows just come down to create these nice elongated shadows that stretch out over her front yard and that was the perfect yeah. the like perfect uh illustration of the use of golden hour and and 
why it looks so beautiful and why we use it, you know? Um, Dude, so just in case if you're, you know, avid listener, you're listening to last week, that there's a good example of it. Yeah, it's so gorgeous, dude. It's so gorgeous. The way they're able to um, adjust the lighting to hit the figures perfectly mm-hmm. every single time. It, it was hard to remember that they didn't make this entirely in software. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That the set. These yeah. clay pieces right. that they would take a shot of everything, move it micro millimeters, right? And then take another shot. That's how they do this. And they do this. Yep. Um, over, 24 shots over. per second, <laughs> yep. you know, over and over and over, over, over and all day for months. And they would make, and they made this beautiful piece of art. It, it, right. It's God. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is watch it. If you haven't so, watched it, you should watch it. That's a good point that you, you know, explain this because there was so much work in, in creating claymation. That's why it's a hard thing to do because, uh, it, it takes just so long. It's just such a tedious process. You know, you're, you're taking one shot. It's basically a picture, and and mm-hmm. you know, twenty thousand pictures maybe adds up to a few minutes worth of film. So uh, yeah. they they and they and you have to know how to properly move it. And you know, God forbid you you have something wrong and it has to be reshot again because these people just spend a tedious amount of time creating these these pieces and it truly is an art form that they're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, because it, you know, yeah, it, in production we move like, like really fast. So the way that they're able to do this and, and plan it out over such a long period of time is, is really amazing. Yeah. You could tell a lot of man hours went into this. A lot of time went into this, a lot of ideas and thoughts, planning. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I did a little bit of, uh, <laughs> research on the hot water bottles and uh can we we just leave this to imagination (laughs) i'm sorry i did and yes yes we will i am so sorry i did ah now you're gonna make i'm (laughs) blushing now (laughs) yeah no you 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 just think of what you would use a hot water bottle for as a man with a sock and you got the general idea it's not (laughs) And that's why she's named Anyways. Sarah. That explains it. <laughs> it explains it. Yeah, yeah, named Sarah. God. Oh, God. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I need to think about is a 440-year-old or 440-pound Jewish guy in New York using a Sarah bottle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, now, do you think it gets filled up or? No, never mind. Just keep going. We're going to oh, keep moving past just, I just, I don't want to know. <laughs> I just, I really don't want to know. Uh, your poor search so, history. I mean, the FBI is going to be kicking your door down any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so, back to this beautiful relationship between a girl and a man. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I, I thought the uh, New York scene was was portrayed pretty accurately. I've never been to Australia, but I assume that if if the New York scene was had the feel of New York, then you know yeah. probably that was... Melbourne, Australia, too. So, oh, most likely because this was made in Australia. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't feel like she had an accent though. Like, is it? Oh, like, she does. Like, I didn't feel like it was a real Australian accent, but maybe it was. I, I just maybe my version of an Australian thing is like a stereotypical version of an Aussie, and I don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I okay, it's all right. It, definitely the New York thing. I, I it struck better with that because I've been there and I kind of mm-hmm. kind of felt the vibe. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was it was an amazing movie. I can just keep thinking about this damn water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> just, just stop thinking about the water bottle, man. Sarah's not your girl. Sarah's not your girl. <laughs> uh, um, oh man, dude, I'm so sorry I looked that up. <laughs> God. So right. did that baby grow up? I don't remember how this movie ended. The the movie ended with her finding um, him dead this that morning. So when she walks into his apartment in New York, she has the baby on her back. He's a toddler age, maybe one or so. Yeah. Um, so or a this, few months old. I, I don't know, like the use of the maybe the real in the real life. This character had a baby. But for me, it, it just yeah. it reminded me of. When I saw this baby towards the end, I was already in my emotions by this time. But this this kind of symbolism just reminded me of like all the things 
that my ancestors worked really hard for and and all the you know the struggles they had in their life and mm-hmm. how they're basically you know passing the torch on to me it's like it's I, I had my, you know, my own struggles and stuff to deal with, but I, it's easy to forget that people before you had really rough lives and, and fought to get to yeah. the position they were in. Because, you know, I, I think back to the beginning of the movie where she was, you know, bullied and all the, you know, embarrassing things that happened, the dog poop on her shoes and everything. And it's like she really struggled mm-hmm. just to get to that position to have a child. And yeah, yeah it kind of just made me think like, yeah, that there's this, this passing of the torch kind of deal that, uh, that yeah. was happening there. Yeah. And it showed that her neighbor, when he found her and when he, you know, basically gave her the package that she was already pregnant at that point. So the fact right. that the baby survived is, is a miracle. Yeah. With Even all with the all those pills and the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the knitting, uh, the knit, the knitting noose, the knitted noose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, sounds so sounds so scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I I'm very happy it gave out just so we got to watch this movie and you know see what happened. And it's so great that she was able to get healed and forgiven by her uh, friend because she wrote him afterwards, basically begging forgiveness or before begging forgiveness. And that's why he sent the box. He was forgiven. Yeah. But she left that box outside. She never opened her door. And it stayed outside for days, if not weeks on end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and it was ultimately the thing that saved her. If she, mm-hmm. uh, he he saved her, really. I mean, if, if, if she didn't did. go out there, if he didn't go out and conquer his, you know, agoraphobia because of her helping him throughout the years, that he wouldn't have been able to help her. Which is yeah. great. I just loved how it came full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she he stepped out of his comfort zone because he knew the lady that's been helping him stay in his comfort zone for so long needed his help. And it, it gave yeah. me goosebumps and it made me tear up when I saw it. And I was like, damn right, old vet. You do your <laughs> damn. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You do it. <laughs> was, uh, awesome. It shows well, us that no matter how old you are, if you're a vet, and your friends are in trouble. Do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what? <laughs> what do we say? I don't know. I don't know. No, Me, it was great, I but uh, I, I kind of want to elaborate to that. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me of like we, when we were talking about you know young promising women. Also, it's like when people are they're making these kind of call for help. It's it's important to be able to recognize those things and and be able to mm-hmm. help your your fellow human and knowing when to step in and when people you know maybe just a a friendly letter is what is going to be the thing that saves other people's lives yeah never know it could be as simple as saying hi every morning to you know knocking on their door if you haven't seen them come out in a couple weeks just to see how they're doing i mean not right now during COVID. that's not a good idea no especially during covid some people have probably been locked away for a year and they don't they don't even know what human contact is anymore they're that's true (laughs) not gonna mention the water bottle (laughs) they don't even know what contact human is anymore (laughs) anyways yeah it was was a beautiful movie so if you haven't seen it uh even though we've we've already kind of broke down the plot line it's definitely worth (laughs) watching this beautiful masterpiece uh yeah, Mary and Max absolutely. and you can check it out on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and you should because this movie did not get enough love when it came out. This movie came out in 2006, right? It had a budget of um like 6.7 million USD, uh which is like 8 8 million some odd Australian. Yeah. Dude, it only made 1.7. Wow. I think it was yeah. it was made might have been made in 2006, but it came out in 2009, so it's um, oh, 2009. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, but it's, uh, it, it, I mean, that's what we do. That's what we're trying to do is uncovered cinema. Yeah. You listen to this is because we're trying to uncover these things that, you know, maybe didn't have a huge marketing budget, um, but it's still definitely mm-hmm. worth watching. And this, this one was definitely highly rated. I even seeing, was impressed to see that, you know, it was like an eight out of a 10 on, on Amazon. Um, yeah, the, it was, it was really highly rated and, and it dealt with a lot of, you know, com- it was a simple way to deal with complex issues that I feel like a lot of people have. Maybe not everyone mm-hmm. can 
you know, associate themselves as much with, with Max as I feel like I did. But there's, you know, everyone's felt depressed and everyone has, has gone through, you know, bullying and, and, and issues of like that. So it, it hit on yeah. a whole bunch of different levels that I really didn't yeah, expect really a, did. a, a cartoon to essentially, you know, be. Yeah. I didn't expect it to hit as hard as it did. It, it really, it tackled so many tough issues and so many issues that are so very close to my heart because I do have members of my family who are special needs. So it, it, it made me really happy to watch it, you know? Okay. And uh, with that, if you haven't seen Max, Mary and Max, I always keep saying it backwards, Max and Mary. If you haven't seen that one, <laughs> feel free to check it out. Will, what do we got going on <laughs> for film of the week this week? Yeah. So for film of the week, we actually cover in a TV show. So ah. it's called Jupiter's Legacy. It's a Netflix original. It's a superhero TV show that's done well. <laughs> so they went with all original heroes and um, an original storyline. They made some similarities, but this I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys. I watched it start to finish. All I'm going to say, it's on Netflix. It's number one in the country as I'm speaking right now. And for good reason, you should check it out if you have time. Hell, even if you don't have time, <laughs> check it out. Exactly. We're, if you're at your job, you could play it while you're doing it, unless you're like a neurosurgeon and you probably don't want to have Netflix playing. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something to check out. Uh, I'm still working my way through like the you know the boys right now. So I'm getting through my, my superhero kicks right now as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think this is a, a great follow-up when I'm finished to, to move to this one. Um, yeah. This is called Jupiter... Jupiter's Legacy. Legacy. No, Jupiter's Legacy, not Ascending. Do not watch Jupiter's Ascending. Oh, Jupiter's Legacy. That was a show, right? Because that's, I'm like, that's what I feel like. I I remember hearing a name like that. So that was another show. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending was a movie that was like two and a half hours long. Oh, yeah. Didn't it Tom Tom Cruise? The skating guy. Huh? Was Tom Cruise in that one? No, I think. um, Like on a cloud or something? That was something else. Atlas Rising. No, that was something else. Yeah. Atlas Rising or something like that. Anyways, <laughs> it wasn't a good this movie. Show. Don't watch it. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but check out Jupiter's Legacy. It's on Netflix. And we will see you guys next week. If you guys have not joined the family already over at Reddit, it's r slash uncovered cinema. We create memes and talk about um, the film that we're going to be covering in the next week. And basically everything that we push out, we push out there first. So... Yeah, yep. go check it out. Absolutely. And while you're at it, you can check us out on Instagram at Uncovered Cinema, uh, as well as and on Facebook, where we are getting prepared to start uh, doing our live streams again. So on Wednesday evenings, mm-hmm. we'll start seeing our live streams. It'll be through uh, Twitch, uh, YouTube, yep. and Facebook as well, all at Uncovered Cinema. So feel yeah, free and to don't join it. On, and don't forget our brand new Twitter account. Same thing, Uncovered Cinema. We also shoot out basically everything that we shoot on all the other socials. We shoot out that as well. So if you prefer Twitter, check us out there. Yeah. And while we're at it, my social security number is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plugs, right? We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for Shameless listening. Shameless plugs. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>